name is Peggy Floyer, and I'm the founder and CEO of Sped Homeschool. And we are excited to be able to share some homeschooling experiences with you who may be new to homeschooling or maybe just considering, should I be homeschooling a student who struggles? And um, my guest is for this interview is Laura Lee, and she is one of the Sped Homeschool team members. And Laura's going to share just some of the things she's learned at the beginning of her, her journey. And I'm going to just run through some questions that we're going to be using on all these interviews that we're doing. And so that we can kind of get to the core of why and how and what, and how do I keep doing this and not lose my mind? So thank you, Laura, for, um, just being here and sharing. I appreciate, um, your willingness to do this. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Homeschooling is, is very close to, close to my heart. So I'm really excited about it. So I thought when we get started, if you could just tell us a little bit about you and your family so we can kind of get to know you. And um, so those that are watching can maybe, you know, cross things that are in their stories with your story. Yeah. Um, well, I worked full time as a, a graphic designer at a, um, a curriculum publisher before uh, my kids were born. And uh, both my sons are special needs uh, boys. Mm-hmm. Uh, very different. <laughs> That's the way it is. Yeah. Uh, my husband is a school teacher. He teaches Latin for elementary school. And so, wow. um, there's, there's a lot of, uh, uh, different, you know, things all, all connecting. And, mm-hmm. uh, currently I'm also getting my master's degree in special education. Right. Um, uh, just to, uh, help me teach my own children. I have other dreams, but mm-hmm. that's been the, the main thing, uh, in getting the masters. Yeah. So, so what made you dive into homeschooling? Especially, you know, a lot of people say, well, you know, you've got your, your husband working in a school right. <laughs> and you had a career. And so what, what were the big tugs that kind of moved you in that direction? Well, when, when my husband and I were first married, I, I had wanted to homeschool. Uh, I had a mm. bad school experience myself. Uh, mm. I was picked on quite a lot. And I found out in college that I was dyslexic. And so that had yeah. not been discovered throughout school. And so it was always mm-hmm. about work harder, work harder, work harder. And yes, no matter exactly. how hard I worked, I couldn't get those A's. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I did make it through school, um, even with that dyslexia. So it was pretty mild. But still, if I had the support, if I had the, it, right. it would have been different. And my husband had a great school experience. Um, so mm-hmm. we had talked about, we had thought, well, we're going to have genius kids anyways. We're going to homeschool. I was working at this curriculum publisher. Mm-hmm. I had a whole schedule of they were going to learn Latin. They were going to learn Greek. They were going to be a soccer. They were going to be chess. They gonna, <laughs> you know, I had the whole, the whole kindergarten through 12th grade already planned out. Right. <laughs> curriculum I was going to use and everything. And then my oldest was born um, extremely premature, a micro preemie mm. wow. at 23 weeks. And he was one pound, nine ounces. And, uh, and he seemed to overcome those difficulties actually pretty mm-hmm. well. There was a mm-hmm. lot of doom and gloom when he was born about mm-hmm. him having severe disabilities. Um, mm-hmm. He actually, it was a miracle. It was a miracle. He came through it pretty well, but his oh. language development was not 
it was not normal. It was not typical. Mm -hmm. And, um, he, he learned to speak and he could say all these things very clearly, Mm. but he couldn't answer the question of what's your favorite food? What's your name? How old Mm -hmm. are you? Mm -hmm. So at five years old, I could ask him the questions and he just couldn't answer it. He could, he Mm. could copy and repeat things from television shows, from videos. Uh-huh. He could count to 100. He could actually sight read words. He couldn't answer a question. Wow. A single, like, what is that? He mm. couldn't answer. Mm. So he, we, we had a push to get the pediatrician to give us a referral to a speech therapist mm. and found out that he, he had autism. And mm. then later that year, we also discovered that he had visual impairment, retinopathy of prematurity. And um, when he so at first I was like, well, I need to send him to school because I can't teach. I don't know how to teach this. Right. But then he developed a phobia of other children. Just another mm. child walks in the room and he was curled up in fear on the mm. ground. So it was like, well, we can't send him to school because he's just going to be frozen in terror the whole time. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like we went from homeschooling to not homeschooling to homeschooling to, <laughs> so right. we had to do homeschooling. And mm-hmm. so, um, all my plans from going from kindergarten to 12th grade with Greek and Latin and ch- <laughs> right. all just went out the window. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was an adventure that first year. So. Yeah. Yeah. But, and then I know part of your story, but you, you sent your kids back to school and then you started homeschooling again. So yes. can you explain that whole process? Cause I think a lot of parents do that yes. is we kind of go just, you know, what, what is good for this year? What is good for this season? And I want people to know that that's okay. And to kind of hear from your point of view, just what, yeah. what led to all of that? Yeah, it is okay. And it, sometimes it can be very validating. Um, mm. when, when my son was young, I, I had a lot of therapists who helped me figure out how to teach him. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and I actually even paid an ABA. We couldn't afford ABA therapy, but I paid to get some training in ABA therapy. Yeah, so I was able to make it to idea. those beginning years with advice from therapists because mm-hmm. a lot of those beginning years are about reading and talking and writing and just right. very core skills. Mm-hmm. But once I got to second grade, I was like, I don't know how to do any more than this. I, I got to a wall where I was like, how do I teach him farther? Uh, I don't know. And then mm-hmm. um, I had my pregnancy with my youngest son and I had to be on mm-hmm. bed rest. And so my husband just got his job at the school. They were encouraging us that they had a great sped department, which they did. They had a good mm-hmm. sped department. I was very impressed with the teacher. So we decided because I was on bed rest and because I didn't know what to do that we put him into school. Well, it turns out they actually knew less of what to do than mm-hmm. I did <laughs> because he is very complex. And every right. child, I mean, every mm-hmm. disability is unique. Exactly. Um, it, yeah, I'm learning that, that with point. my master's. Uh, mm-hmm. Every you get one child with autism. It's one child with autism. Their, their version of autism mm-hmm. is different than another version of autism. Same with Down right. syndrome, same with cerebral palsy. When it comes to disability, the way it manifests is unique. And this, the Very school was not able to really understand mm-hmm. his particular version of it, especially with the visual impairment, because he was in, he wasn't yeah. able to say, Oh, I can't see that. So they assumed mm-hmm. that he could see it. 
because he, he couldn't say that. So in the two years he was at that school, he actually didn't progress. And I really am grateful for that. He made friends, which was validated to me because right. he wasn't frozen in terror with children. Uh-huh. That's good. Friends. So apparently I had done something to prepare him for school. Well, <laughs> know that he had learned stuff um, Mm -hmm. in homeschooling before, but he wasn't learning enough academically. He pretty much uh, was frozen at second grade. Mm -hmm. Um, And they were were just about to start third grade material uh, coming into uh, his fifth grade. And uh, that was just, that was silly. Um, My youngest was born and he was born deaf. And so that was the reason why we ended up doing a second year to give it a second try because I had doctor's appointments at therapy appointments and surgeries Mm for cochlear implants. And I was like, I can't, I still can't do it. And, Mm -hmm. and, and I think that's fine for parents to know, um, because there are skills that you you learn in a school environment and, and, and it's never too late to catch up. Mm. You know, that's another thing that I've had to tell parents of special needs kids over and over again. It's never too late. I I hear, Oh, they're so behind. They're so behind. It's Mm -hmm. never too late. Um, with the focus attention, when you go back to homeschooling, that focus attention, they can't catch up. And my son is catching up mm-hmm. back to grade level. Um, it is possible. And, and so, um, you just do what you have to do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm. but I'm grateful going back to homeschooling because both my sons are interacting with each other. That yeah. God put them in the same family for the right reason. Mm-hmm. You know, um, my son who's deaf Here's my oldest saying, what's that? What's that? What's that? He always hears everything. He hears everything that's outside, down the road, up in the, you know, the airplane. He hears everything. And he he is actually training my youngest son to use his cochlear implants to hear, what's that? What's that? What's that? Because they want him to hear the dog outside. They want him to hear because they want his his world of hearing to expand. So they actually Mm -hmm. end up being therapies for each other. Wow. Um, My oldest son has to get used to, to interacting with a, a younger, uh, more delicate person and mm-hmm. having some social skills and learning to read his expressions of when is he happy? When is he sad? When do I stop? When do I, mm-hmm. they, they help each other. And so social skills are not just other people outside the family. It is also mm-hmm. the family itself. So right. I, I'm, I'm very happy with homeschooling them again. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. I, I love that perspective. And yes, that's amazing how that we're giving the right kids for each other, yeah. for us and for them. Um, and so, yeah, that's great. You know, a lot of parents who start homeschooling, they get a lot of advice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe advice they've asked for and maybe not. Um, when, when you started homeschooling, whichever time or even was considering, what do, what do you consider the best advice you were given? Well, the best, it's, it's kind of actually become my mantra. Uh, when my son was very young, before I started homeschooling him, I was best friends with a, a, a lady my age, um, who was the oldest of nine, who all had been homeschooled. Her whole family had been homeschooled. And she had told me that her father kept saying over and over again, keep the main thing, the main thing. Mm -hmm. And that actually has become kind of a theme because I, like I said, I had this whole elaborate plan of all the things that I wanted to teach my children and 
you know, when you have doctor's appointments and therapies and, yes. you know, and, and your child's struggling to learn and mm-hmm. you start getting overwhelmed with right. all the, the possible things that you could teach them and all mm-hmm. the things people say you should teach them and they need to know this by first grade and they exactly. need, and you start feeling them behind and you just have to kind of just push everything aside mm-hmm. and say, okay, what do they need to learn now? My son needed to learn how to so answer good. questions. He needed to be able to hold a pencil. He needed mm-hmm. to be able to add two plus two. Right. That's what we worked on. Mm-hmm. You know, science was a garden in the backyard and our fish that he helped feed every day. You know, <laughs> history was stories from a storybook. I didn't test him. I didn't. That was it. Right. That was science. That was history. Everything mm-hmm. was about language arts and math, pretty much, mm-hmm. for the kindergarten years and for actually almost all the way to second grade. Um, we did some crafty things. He hates coloring. But I learned what he would do. He would do right. watercolor. He mm-hmm. would do watercolor. So that worked. So, you know, we did, we did experiment other things that were more fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always, always came back to keep the main thing, the main thing, especially when there was a crisis or, you know, life happens, you know, you just, you just weed everything down to what's the most important things for them to learn this year. Right. That's great. Mm-hmm. And the rest will fit in if they needs to get fit, yeah. fit in. And, you know, and I, I love your, your approach on that of just, you know, the other stuff, make it fun and it is still learning. It doesn't yeah. have to be so structured. That's, that's great. Um, so in your getting started, um, we all face challenges. You know, mm-hmm. there's, there's obstacles that we just didn't expect. Um, we, you, like you said, you know, you kind of had that 12 year plan that <laughs> didn't quite <laughs> materialize. Um, but what was your, the biggest challenge you think you faced either your child, you, your family was starting your homeschooling journey. And how did you overcome that? Learning about what autism was and how to teach mm. that was, was huge. Um, mm. and I, there are so many re- books and resources out there. Yes. It, it is at first, like when I would go and talk to people and ask them questions, a lot of times they would just look kind of blankly at me mm. and I'd ask these questions. And maybe it was because I wasn't able to articulate the questions right or whatever, mm. But just that, that steep curve of learning, how do I teach my child right. um, when, when he can't answer questions, he can't mm-hmm. do these, media, like all, you know, all the activities in the curriculum, you know, how do I yeah. weed through all of that? Mm-hmm. And there are just, I, I would, I would encourage parents just keep pushing for information, keep researching mm-hmm. because there are books out there there. You can get interlibrary loans. I actually checked out college textbooks on autism oh, to find out what is idea. this. And um, one of the things that helped me was something called pivotal response therapy. Mm-hmm. You hear a lot about ABA, which is useful. Mm-hmm. The pivotal response was actually more useful to me because it was mm-hmm. talking about the key skills that uh, open the door for all other skills. Mm-hmm. So you focus on, oh, yeah. on foundational mm-hmm. skills, like mm-hmm. asking questions. You know, um, that opens the que- the door for reading comprehension questions and history questions. And so that's the skill. So we would actually have flashcards that said, what is your name? And I, I'd say, my name is, you know, and my son's name. And then he would say it back to me and we would drill mm-hmm. these questions. How old are you? I am five years old. 
Mm-hmm. And for the next two years, he kept saying he was five years old. But we were getting there. <laughs> <laughs> we would drill these or I'd push him around on his bicycle. And I'd say, what is that? That is a fire hydrant. What is that? That is a door. What is it? Mm. He has conversation now. I mean, the thing is, is yeah. it did actually, it, at first I thought he's going to be like this for the rest of his life. Hmm. It's not like that. When I was reading books, people learn their whole life and they may yeah. take them longer. They may mm-hmm. be learning into their twenties, you know, yeah. or even their thirties, but they learn their whole life. And you get these therapists who act like, well, if you don't do it now, they'll never change. Right. They learn more at the younger age. It is good mm-hmm. to do it at a younger age. But don't feel desperate. You know, I started feeling That's desperate. Great advice. Yeah. Um, but they learn their whole life. And so the biggest challenge was learning how to teach with that disability. But there mm-hmm. are there are tools out there. You know, just keep pushing to find to find them because it is unique for each child too. Mm-hmm. Like one child with autism is not going to learn like the other child with autism. There are tools right. that work. For everybody, mm-hmm. but it's a lot of trial and error. It's a lot of researching. Yes. It's a mm-hmm. lot of asking questions and pushing. Sometimes people just give you the first thing that are on their head, but if you keep asking, mm-hmm. a lot of times they'll find something. I've had people say, you know, you keep asking about this one thing, and there was this website that came in my email. Uh, it's because that yes. question was there. You know, mm-hmm. I kept saying, well, how do I teach him math? He, every <laughs> time I bring out manipulative, he's completely distracted. I can't teach him math. And then I got some answers from therapists. So just just keep pushing for those questions and those answers. Mm-hmm. It's tiring. It's exhausting. But the answers are there. Yeah, I love that advice. That is so, so good. And parents need to hear that because it seems like every time they come to us, they're saying, well, what's the right curriculum? And it's like that curriculum is going to change their lives, change their child's lives. And yet... Mm-hmm. You- I mean, you've said it over and over again, your child is unique. And I love that message because it, it isn't as simple as just getting the right curriculum. And um, you do, you have to know your child. And that was what makes you your son's best teacher. Yes. It's so true. Um, so, you know, a lot of times we come into homeschooling and with misconceptions um, of just how do we effectively teach to the needs of our child? And I think you've already answered quite a few of them. Um, but what advice do you have for other parents who really struggle in this, this area of, you know, I've got to let something go. And how do I do that? How do I let go of these, these things that either the school system has taught me is true or society has said, this is how my child is going to function or somebody tested my child and said, this is all they're ever going to achieve. How do you move beyond that? Yeah, that's, and it, it, it's, there's a bit of stubbornness you have to have. <laughs> I mean, it's just to be so true. Even blind stuff. You get school teachers who think that parents are in denial the parents are supposed to be your child's cheerleader. You're supposed to see the potential. So, you know, if they say your child will never advance beyond a third grade or eighth grade mm-hmm. level, you're supposed to have blind optimism. Um, that is part of your job as a parent. So, you know, it, it's hard, though. It's discouraging when, when my son has bad days and think he, he's never it's never going to change. It's going right. to just be like this forever. Mm-hmm. But then there are days that he has such great days mm-hmm. and he achieves so much. And I'm just, you see those flashes of brilliance that are just like, there's so much potential. 
and you have to hold on to those mm. um, to learn what to what to teach or how to teach. Um, you know, they there's a lot of things that teachers are stuck with that's actually 20 years old. Mm. Um, and, and they yes. circulate in the homeschool world too a lot, like the timed readings. Mm. Um, research yes. actually used to say, well, a child needs to eventually get to 300 words per minute to read, uh, to, to, to read like an adult. Research now says that the average adult doesn't even read faster than 250 words. Um, and Mm. there is actually uh, a lot of research that's showing that these timed reading things are, are, they're not very useful. Mm. The thing that's useful is do they understand what they're reading? Exactly. And, uh, when my son wasn't able to answer questions, a lot of times they'd say, oh, he only has a, you know, first grade reading level or, you know, very basic reading level, Mm. but he could decode a word for sixth grade. Because he couldn't answer questions. So you have to follow your instincts on that. Right. Is, is he actually yeah. understanding? Can he replicate it on a felt board? Can he replicate mm-hmm. it on a timeline? Can he... So there's yeah. a lot of things where you, the research may say one thing, but you as a parent, can you can kind of see, do they actually understand? Right. And it's okay to say, well, this research is not true. Because mm. it's actually, <laughs> I love that. to be honest, a lot of this research is not very old. Mm. Sped laws in the U.S. came about in the 70s. Yeah. Um, a lot of the research on how to teach special needs kids is very, very new, very, very recent. Um, it's okay to follow your instinct to be like, with my child, he's just going to do everything slow. If I do a timed mm-hmm. reading, it's really not going to show me anything because he does everything slow. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So it is okay as a parent to follow your instincts on, are they right. learning this? Mm-hmm. Can they somehow demonstrate that they have learned this? Whether right, it yeah. doesn't have to be verbally, it can mm-hmm. be through a matching thing. It could be through a Velcro mm-hmm. board. Um, right. I do agree with testing, but not necessarily a written worksheet test. It is good to to ha- have a child demonstrate what they know, so that but you both know. Do I remember what I learned? You know. Yes. So. Right. So mm-hmm. I do actually believe in testing like once a week, once a month, whatever, mm-hmm. to to know what they know and for them to know what they know. Um, yes. But it doesn't have to be a traditional test where they mm-hmm. fill in the blank, where they even the tests that come with your curriculum, you can rewrite it. I have often typed it in the computer and changed it from short answer to matching or mm-hmm. uh, multiple choice or even changed it to, to pictures uh, that, you know, right. Just follow the instincts because mm-hmm. you, mm-hmm. you know, when your child is learning, you do, you do know. Right. Yeah. You see those connections and you hear them talking about it, like at the dinner table, you know, and telling everybody yeah. what they learned. And it's like, you don't, you don't need a test to sh- to show you as a parent, they, they are getting it and they're translating it and they're applying it to other places. So that's great. So you've, you talked a little bit about felt boards and, and mm-hmm. matching and pictures and things like that. What other types of like schedules, organizational strategies or teaching techniques have you found have really been just those aha, these, these work in, in our home that other parents may consider trying when they're looking at changing things up and, and how do I figure out how to best work with my student? Yeah, there, there's a lot of really good things. Like this is a visual schedule. There we yeah. go. Um, and so we have Velcro, um, like check marks and stuff. So 
it, it goes through what we are learning in the day. And when mm-hmm. he's done, we put a check mark and we do it every day. Oh, that's great. And that mm-hmm. helps him know because he's constantly quizzing me. Um, what's next? What's next? What are we doing next? Uh-huh. And so um, it does it does help them. It helps the child to know that there's not uh, the, the school day is not going to go indefinitely. There is uh-huh. an end to the day. Um, and also there is kind of, um, I'm a check, I'm a checklist person myself. I just, I write, I like to write uh-huh. lists of things to do, cross them out. There's kind of endorphins that come yes, from that. Exactly. So I'm all mm-hmm. into that. Uh, with a lot of ABA therapy and speech therapy and all that kind of stuff, they do work a lot with visuals. Um, I, I also, I use, uh, flashcards for Latin. I've been using, uh, Latin for roots and, uh, uh, vocabulary to Mm -hmm. build vocabulary. We do a lot of flashcards. There are flashcards online with, um, Quizlet. That's like a game. I love online games because Mm -hmm. they play it and they don't realize they're doing school. Exactly. Um, (laughs) Um, we used to do one where he would trace the letters. It was a train and trace the letters yeah. to make the train go around the letters. That was with IntelliJoy. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had a few, uh, different, uh, games. That was great. Um, we also had, um, uh, as a little visual that talks about what am I working towards? And a lot of times they would have yeah. a picture of his tablet. And so if, if, um, he, kept working and not being distracted, you get his check marks and then he'd get tablet time. Oh, okay. Um we use timers because mm-hmm. I found mm-hmm. that he could he could take multiple hours to do math. <laughs> right. And both by the time an hour was done, both he and I were in tears. We were mm-hmm. just so I got to a point where it's like, okay, we are gonna do math for this long and that's it. If it gets done, it doesn't, it whatever. Right. We're going to do it for this long, but it also helps him work because he sees the timer is going and he's not going to sit there forever. Like mm. the whole idea of just right. sitting here forever yes. with uh-huh. this one assignment just mm. freezes some kids. And that my son was like that where exactly. it just, he, he would just stop working. Mm-hmm. So, um, oh, and we also, let me grab this real quick. Yeah. This is a brain break dice. Oh, that's right. Cool. So, um, after 10 minutes, cause he has attention problems, he would roll the brain break dice. This says hop, uh, for 10 seconds, hop like a frog for 10 seconds, <laughs> walk like a robot. Mm. This is his favorite spin for 10, 20, 10 seconds. Um, actually both kids love to spin until they're dizzy. Um, <laughs> and it kind of breaks up the day and they, when things start getting serious, getting frustrated, mm-hmm. you're starting to just want to yell and why can't you focus? Right. It, it breaks it up. You do something silly. You're both laughing. Mm-hmm. You get back to work and you can start over again. Right. And so those we, are concrete. They're, they're not like very un- short. Um, yeah. Some people mm-hmm. can do it at 20 or 30 or in between tasks, but it really helps break up the day and making sure that you have breaks throughout the day is, is huge. You know, don't just do a block of four hours of school. Um, yeah. It's hard. It's hard to do <laughs> that. too much. Yes, exactly. That's some great advice. Yeah. I, I love all that. That, um, you know, they're, they seem simple, but yet we don't think about them because they require us to, to look beyond the curriculum that we often mm-hmm. buy to, to, to insert some things that are necessary for our student to find success. And so um, thank you just for, for sharing from your, your wealth of information, Lauren. I'm, I'm sure as you continue teaching your kids, you'll continue learning more as 
you will, the parents that are watching. We just want to encourage you. Um, do you have any closing remarks, just encouragement to, to the parents that are watching that um, just that you can share? Yeah, it's worth it. It is, is really, I mean, homeschooling is hard. You know, anybody who, who, who has done it for a little while will tell you it is hard because mm -hmm. you're a parent and teacher. And if you're a teacher, you can kind of separate yourself a little bit. But mm -hmm. as a parent, you want your child to succeed. And that emotion makes it very hard because you, right. you want your child to do well. You want mm -hmm. them to excel. And, and um, it is very, very hard. But it's so worth it. And there's so many good memories that um, I actually make a yearbook at the end of every year oh, cool. with pictures of what we've done and field trips and different. And looking through these, realize this is irreplaceable. Like mm. the, the experiences, the time we spend together as a family. Yeah. Um, every bit of effort is worth it. Mm -hmm. It is worth it. And And sometimes it is good to take a break, to sit back and be like, you know, I, I feel like I'm going to pop because I'm so frustrated, but <laughs> right. going back to the main thing, mm -hmm. it is worth it. It is worth it. Yeah. So agree. It, it definitely is. And so, um, thanks for sharing, Laura. This has been awesome. I, I know it's going to be an encouragement to those who are watching and, um, we just want to keep encouraging you. And that's what our organization's Bet Homeschool is all about. And so, um, so definitely, you know, just continue, um, digging into resources. Like Laura said, use the advice she gave you, whatever resonated with your heart. I want you to pursue that. Um, and, and if you're feeling called to homeschool, just know that there's resources out there for you. Um, one of them is our website, bedhomeschool.com. You can check out um, all of our articles written by team members, written by people that um, organizations we partner with. And we have an amazing um, library of articles as well as videos on our YouTube channel. So um, definitely check those out. But thanks again, Laura. Appreciate you sharing your story and um, just all the wisdom you have to share. And um, yeah. Just thank you for your time. So, um, but um, thank you for watching. And um, thank you, Bookshark, for um, giving us this opportunity to share. So bye, everybody. Is life feeling chaotic? I get it. I'm Rachel Wojo, host of the Untangling Life podcast. Don't miss the passionate encouragement and faith-based resources you need to help you clear your head and calm your heart. As Shell says, it feels like Rachel always knows what I need to hear. She keeps it real and is so humble. Her podcast is just the cherry on top. Enjoy Untangling Life with Rachel Wojo on lifeaudio.com or your favorite podcast app now.